Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks, and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. Today's episode is called Why Most Salespeople Get Their Introduction Wrong. And in the Sales Chat Show studio, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. And As an introduction, I thought that was good. <laughs> You did have you. to think about his surname, though. Did you no, notice yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Slight delay. Yeah, That's because yeah. I'm just a kind of a nice, informal kind of chap. I and I know you two. If I don't introduce you by your proper surnames, you'll get desperately offended. Absolutely. Particularly our academic colleague, uh, Professor Jones, <laughs> over there. Um, meeting customers for the first time, meeting new stakeholders in existing customers, meeting new people in the decision-making unit or group inside customers for the for the first time. There is the, the old cliche, which I think is also maybe a little bit of a truism, that you never get a second chance to make a first impression. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I, I was told... No, it is a cliche. It's not a bit of a cliche. It's a total cliche for which I can only apologise. Um, make sure we include at least one cliche in every episode now to annoy Graham. Um, I, I was told by somebody that, that within seven seconds, people are starting to, to make an impression. Mr. Jones, we have to go to the psychology man himself for a bit of insight onto this. True uh, or not? False. False. It's not seven seconds. It's a lot quicker. Okay. So, in fact, it's entirely at the subconscious level. So that uh, when you stick people in brain scanners, you can see the bits of their brain saying whether or not they're going to engage with something. In other words, when they've made that decision to engage with something, we see two bits of their brain connect. So it's a connection between their limbic system, their emotional center of their brain, and their left prefrontal cortex, the bit above your left eye. Could you be more precise? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, when those two things connect, that's when you've made a decision. So the okay. decision-making process is when the... So if you've made a decision to engage with someone, if we stuck you in a brain scanner, we'd see that, that, that connection happening. And when it does happen, it's happening at 0.56 of a second. Gosh. So 560 milliseconds. Unfortunately, you're never aware of anything consciously in the world around you until 700 milliseconds. Okay. So actually your entire life is spent in the past because you're always 700 milliseconds behind when anything actually happened. That's why you were late for that appointment. Yeah, so it's 700 milliseconds late. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but what that means is if, if your brain is making a decision whether to engage with someone in 0.56 of a second, you've made that decision before... You're even consciously aware of the person. Yeah. So what 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 would the implications be of that for a salesperson? So for what should salespeople, there are things like your appearance. Yeah. So if you are, for example, wearing the wrong clothes for that situation. Yeah. So if your clients are always in, you know, very posh Armani kind of suits, and you turn up in chinos and t-shirt they're not going they're immediately going to think there's a gap between them and they're not going to engage so well equally if they're in 
chinos and polo shirts and you are in a three-piece suit, again, yeah. there's a, a distance. So what you wear is important. Uh, things like, is your eye contact good? If you make eye contact with them straight away, that's done. They will see that subconsciously and want to engage with you. So this kind of human kind of connection is one of the most important things of your introduction. So you've got to think about your introduction before you go there. What kind of people are they? What kind of clothes should I wear? Rather than, you know, different clients will have different requirements. So all those kind of things are really important in your preparation for your introduction. And um, uh, Dr. Colin Wallace, who was my sort of applied neuroscience advisor when I was doing my book on uh, the neuroscience of selling, talked about appearing non-threatening as well so smiling open body language and it sounds really incredibly basic doesn't it but a smile is is a non-threatening behavior and makes you seem more welcoming to the other person it's just very very basic but i do occasionally see salespeople walking into meetings looking looking grim you know like do you enjoy your job you know and they'll, they'll say yeah i do and i say well you know try telling your face you, like <laughs> you know because <laughs> it's 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 an early nice nice open greeting yeah. you know you'll see some we all stay in lots of hotels because of the name you know t- sort of job we do and yeah we'll probably see that are you made to feel welcome in the hotel reception it'll come down to some fundamental nice basic behavior that starts everything off really really nicely it's treating the other person as a human being rather than a prospect yes 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 so um i suppose we're starting to move into rapport icebreaker kind of territory so yeah what's your thinking on the sort of like the maybe more traditional ask a few questions about whether they saw the soccer football game um weather weekend film well i think i think there's a couple of things that probably come before that if you think about meeting somebody for the first time and some of the things that go horribly wrong i think probably uh, the typical salesperson if i could call him or her that probably talks for far too long about themselves so Mm. i think it is a very brief introduction about who we are and where we're from with the emphasis on the role that we play. But I've witnessed many introductions where the salesperson rambles on only for the prospect to say, yeah, I know all that. Or the salesperson says, oh, we're a large multinational company, only for the prospect to say, oh, that's a shame. I was looking for somebody that was small and local. Yeah. So I think the first big question is uh, how much do you know about us because that will actually then allow us to tailor what we say about us I think there's another question uh, shortly after that which is about what prompted your interest in meeting today because that probably finds out what's on the shopping list uh, and on the subject of the uh, the icebreaker, that may well, of course, already have taken place, um, maybe in the corridor on the way to yeah. the meeting yeah. room. And I think that's probably the best place for it because the rather cheesy, did you see the football last night, also runs the risk of somebody saying, I hate football. That- but if you've sat in reception and you've seen a few things on the wall or the desk or some products in a display cabinet... Yeah. or you've checked out a website, at least you can say as you go down the corridor, oh, I noticed on your website so-and-so and so-and-so. 
which also shows that we've done some research and uh, mm. we care. I used to manage um, someone who would always ask the person how long, very early question was, and how long have you, on the, in the corridor conversation, how long have you worked here? And I've seen them steer that question in so many, the person says, oh, uh, three months, oh, where, where were you before? Yeah. Or 20 years, oh, wow, that's a long time. You must have seen a lot mm. of changes in the, and I saw them steer that one question in a wonderful route, mm. fi also yeah. finding out information on the person. Yeah, So and that's going to go down well with the other person. Yeah. It's a nice, easy question. It's about it? them. This all comes into my standard little story about speed dating. I must have told you this oh, one I before. I think so. Was it Tarquin? Tarquin. was the gentleman in yeah. question you mentioned? Who spends his life talking about himself yeah. and his, you know, seven cars and four houses and his millions in the bank uh, and doesn't ask a single question of the woman he's trying to date, as opposed to John, who tells us nothing about him but asks lots of questions about her, and yeah. of course he's the one who ends up with the date. And it, it, it's kind of the, exactly what Phil's saying, that you just it doesn't matter what the question is, frankly, but you just ask them a question to start building up that relationship, that rapport between you. Mm. You know, simple questions like, you know, I, I saw on your website that, you know, you've just invested in another Perfect. two buildings. You know, that's really interesting. Why did you do that? And then a conversation will begin. Yeah. And you've shown them you're interested in them. Hmm. I mean, it, 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 arrive early yeah. and on your phone, you know, I don't think this is cutting edge planning and preparation. I think it should be done earlier. But even if you're 10 minutes early, have a look at the customer's website on the phone and then ask them a question about something you've seen on the website. Yeah, it's yeah. such a... And also I think very, very basic, just going back to Phil's introductions, clearly state your name and where you are from. I have seen so many times the customer is not or the prospect is not actually quite sure where the person is. I was managing a salesperson one time. We were outside a retail outlet, and I said to him, and, and what, are your, what are your objectives to this call? He said, well, the first thing he says is I'm going to get the receptionist uh, to come out on a date with me, he said, because I've been here twice before, and uh, I, think she, I think she's rather fond of me. And I'm thinking... Okay, this is not actually strictly speaking a good commercial objective, but I I sort of went okay. I thought let's this is going to be at the very <laughs> least entertaining. So he walks in, charmingly introduces himself to the uh, to the person in question, uh, puts on a little of I can only imagine he says was charm, and about five minutes into the conversation later, the person went. And who did you say you were? <laughs> so which was, so uh, I did give him a bit of feedback, in inverted commas, in the car afterwards about his... Uh, his uh, clearly, his personal impact was very, very lacking. <laughs> so hopefully we've got off to a, we got off to a bit of a good start here, Phil. A couple more questions, if yes, I may. Yes, please. Um, I think in this two to three minute intro, whatever it happens to be, uh, we need to find out how much time is available yeah uh, we should know how much time we want so nothing wrong with saying are we still okay for 45 minutes that we mentioned on the phone uh, if the prospect turns around and says well actually no if we can keep it to 15 minutes that's yeah. fine then now we know that as a salesperson we're going no further than finding out needs today we've probably yeah. got to come back to present the solution and there's nothing wrong with that either and I think the other question that should be included on the back end of the introduction is how the decision-making process works. Because if we were to say, apart from yourself, who else would be involved? If that person then says, well, my partner, Sue, well, if partner Sue is in the next door office 
and could come into the meeting now, then yeah. why not involve her? I think that uh, also there's something else that, you know, you've got three old geezers here uh, telling you how to build rapport. And, uh, you speak for yourself. Okay. I'm young. You're young. Yeah, well, you are, yeah, compared <laughs> with us. <laughs> but, but I think you also need to be a bit more female in your approach to, to this start of... Uh, talking to people because oh, potential discriminatory yeah. comment coming up yeah i know okay. <laughs> but you see <laughs> i play this game at business networking it's a good game you can play this game it's really interesting yeah you meet someone yeah so you meet um a bloke from a business who's there at this business networking and you don't say who you are and you start chatting there yeah? so a good one i've discovered for men is which route did you drive yes. on to get here to this meeting and they go oh we went down the a23 or whatever it is and they'll happily chat about the route and the traffic and their sat nav and then you'll ask them another question like do you come here often kind of question and it, i love this because i'm timing them how long is it going to be before they tell me who they are yes and i can tell you that you know, my anecdotal research on this over the last twenty years of business networking events is that men generally take ages, and usually I have to ask them who they are. Uh, women introduce themselves almost straight away. Interesting. Interesting. So women are generally in much more easy at doing these introductions and being empathetic and seeing things from the other person's perspective and being themselves I and guess. being themselves yeah. you need to know who the other person even just knowing their name helps you engage with them better well use their name as use their name as yeah. dale carnegie said in how to win friends and influence yeah. people in the 1920s someone's name is the sweetest sound in the in the world to them so i know that's a very very old but a very good book so um, if i meet you at a business networking event if you're listening to this and you're going to meet me at a business <laughs> networking event i'm going to be playing that game with you so you've got to tell me who you are before you've even told me which road you drove down and, and Phil's comment just about timing also, I think if you can give the customer a sense of control over the meeting, as in, okay, so it's 15 minutes, so no, it's not going to be any longer, or 30 minutes, and sometimes a positioning statement can also help with, you know, my purpose today is to understand more about your organisation and your business, and then if, and I do mean if, we think we can help you, maybe we could agree what the next steps might be, but I'm certainly not planning on making any sort of presentation or pitch to you today. It takes all the pressure off. If the customer then invites you to do so, well, that's a different matter, but it, I, it I puts them in control. A, sorry to interrupt. I can, no, sure. I can also remember a call that I made some years ago where the prospect looked very distracted, um, and it wasn't until he said to me, excuse me, I really need to take this incoming call that's coming in in two minutes' time. Now, had I bothered to actually say, how long have we got? Is it still 45 minutes? He probably would have said, uh, well, it is 45 minutes, but I need to take a call <coughs> round about minute yeah. 30, and then we can kick in. And I would have probably said, okay, well, why don't we spend the 30 minutes talking about you, and then after your call, I'll explain yeah. what we can do. And Perfect. that would have helped me 
had I bothered to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a piece of research done um, selling to senior executives, white paper, how do salespeople establish trust and credibility. One of the factors that senior executives positioned was to demonstrate your knowledge and expertise of my company and, and or my industry, which I think loops back to for goodness sake, have a look at the website and have a look at them. If it's a large organisation, they've probably got a Wikipedia page. Many organisations have a LinkedIn page. And then think about, some of you will work in industry verticals, so you've probably already got that good knowledge of the customer's industry. But if not, have have a, have a look. Um, a, a shortcut is uh, also a pestle analysis, is a, sort of a strategic framework. Many people listening in will know the political, economic, social, technological, legal, and environmental factors affecting an organization. If you Google PESEL analysis plus aviation industry or PESEL analysis plus um, pharmaceutical industry, normally some helpful MBA student or one of Graham's business school students will have done one for you as part of their thesis. So they are available to buy um, from a number of websites, but also there are some that are in the in the public domain through academic, and it's a, it's a quick way of just understanding what challenges they're facing, demonstrating your, your knowledge and understanding, I think, puts you into a a different category than maybe some of the salespeople who are just coming into pitch. Yeah. Any other thoughts, guys? Just one other comment from me uh, about something I saw Graham talk about years ago, actually. Uh, he may not even remember. He's that old. He probably but, doesn't. No, um, I can remember Graham some years Sorry, ago. who are you? <laughs> I can remember Graham talking some years ago about in the early stages of the sales relationship, we need to be able to convey the message or the understanding that we understand the other person's pain. And the good news is that they're not alone. We can help them with that. So again, in that introduction, if there is some sort of early mention of pain points and the fact that we are understanding that and we've got the empathy etc that's got to be a good thing absolutely i think um i've seen some great questions and used use some similar ones myself in terms of you know mr or mrs prospective client a number of other customers similar to you tell us they are experiencing this problem or this challenge is that something you're experiencing as well if you understand your market your industry well usually you've got a reasonably good idea. Uh, if, if you come across the rare one who says, no, we've absolutely got that nailed, then you say, fantastic, I'd love to know, yeah. I'd love to know how, you, how you've yeah. done it. But yeah, I think it is um, sh showing, showing that. Just a, a final one from me is, uh, again, that selling to senior executives white paper. It also said they like, the, the trust and credibility is driven by you appearing to be a responsible and accountable person to deal with. So I often see introductions done, hello, I'm Simon, I'm your account manager, or I'm your sales representative, or I'm the business development manager, which is not very customer-focused language. Job titles are not particularly interesting or attractive. Um, so I would just maybe maybe consider using the word responsible, that if, if we... If you should choose to do business with us, I would be responsible for managing the relationship between our organisations or, you know, I'm working in large corporates quite a lot, so I'm often introduced to new people and I say, hello, I'm Simon, I'm responsible for the commercial relationship between our two companies. I use that responsible word as a way of conveying the impression that I'm, 
I'm a I'm someone who can make things happen rather than you're going to have to escalate over me. So I've seen I've taught that to, to, to thousands of salespeople, and um, they report back it seems to work a whole lot better than hello, you know, I'm Tommy Bloggins, Phil's friend. Uh, your your national account manager because it's like account whose account your account not the customer's yeah. account there's no benefit to the customer in business development manager okay so you're going to develop business for yourself you know so let's just think through how what you're actually called in by your human resources or whatever your company doesn't matter uh, how you introduce yourself to the customer I think do it do it so the customer uh, you know it, it helps the customer and it puts you in a good light any uh other thoughts, gentlemen? That's a no from Graham, no. Mr. Jessen. Um, it's not my one-liner, but somebody once said that um, uh, sales presentations are a little bit like aeroplanes. They're at their most dangerous when they take off and when they <laughs> land. Uh, and what we've been talking about is the takeoff, and it's absolutely yeah. essential that that first two to three minutes really does fly. Yeah, it can be challenging enough out there in a competitive marketplace to to climb to the top of the summit to get the close. Don't make the climb any harder than it than it has to be. Get off to a good good start. Get that customer's brain nice and comfortable, nice and relaxed, nice and receptive. Demonstrate your expertise and your your authority. And I think be genuine and and be genuine and honest with the customer. And then those 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 uh, trust levels will go up and don't forget to smile so it's been phil jesson graham jones and simon hazeldean for the sales chat show saleschatshow.com driving your sales forward a hundred plus episodes and one new one going on every week the sales chat show website or from wherever you get your podcast from we're featured on the vast majority of the most popular podcast platforms so wherever you get your podcast just look for sales chat show thanks very much You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 